welcome back to Season 3 of In The Loop, a WordPress agency podcast by Blackbird Digital. I'm Corey Hubert, and in this episode, Phil Hoyt and I kick off 2023 with a look at what we changed about our custom theme workflow last year, including a particularly vigorous discussion about template tags, and some goals for new things we want to try this year. We also couldn't help talking about admin page redesigns, and there's even a question for you, dear listener, about social media. If you have questions about WordPress website development, contributing, or anything else web-related that you'd like to hear us discuss, send an email to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter as inthelope underscore WP. Blackbird Digital is a web and app development agency that specializes in WordPress, creating on-screen experiences that connect, teach, communicate, and inspire. Visit blackbird.digital for more information. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, folks. It's 2023. Glad you're back with us. And, uh, of course, welcome back, Phil. Hey. Uh, so it is um, It's a special day today. You know what? Because it's the 1st of February? No, not today. I mean, the day, the oh, day the that day this, this is launching, I'm, I'm speaking as if oh, we're in the future. Yeah. We're in the future now. Okay. I mean, the present. We're in the present. We're in the present. <laughs> as you're, if you're listening to this, the day that it comes out, mm-hmm. it is a special day. Yes. You, this is true. Do you, know, do you know what day it is? The day of love. No, no, no. It's not that one. <laughs> oh, no. No. Nope. I'm really fumbling. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just messing around with you. It's, uh, it is half price chocolate day. Oh wow! Yeah, it is. It is indeed. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Yeah, run down days to of your year. local convenience store and get yourself some um, heart-shaped cheap candy. Heck for yeah! Sure. Just fifty yeah. percent off all the really fancy stuff. Just you know, who you know, you, it, it, days days don't matter. Yeah, just go the next day, and you can have twice as much. No, I don't celebrate anything. You know, just make a random day special but <laughs> are you a dark chocolate person Corey? no but my wife is uh, i All mean right. i'll eat it of course I'll yeah eat, sure i'll eat anything honestly but um she's definitely she has preference for the dark chocolate and i have a preference for like the wimpiest milkiest like <laughs> sure. swiss chocolate that's chocolate, my yeah. kryptonite nice it doesn't not cheap necessarily but okay yeah. um like yeah the swiss stuff it's really good. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, i hope you get to pick some up after the recording this <laughs> in in like a, in the future a week. <laughs> in a, in two weeks from now. anyways all right so um oh and speaking of uh the day that has not even been named <laughs> <laughs> last year we uh we did a little cutesy thing about you know hey yeah it's uh it's valentine's day you should or i think it was coming up at the time and like yeah you know we were a little bit more on the ball on when we were releasing the episode and we were doing a valentine's day special where we were encouraging people to leave reviews on their favorite wordpress plugins that's right uh, show them some love and uh, yeah while we're not maybe getting this episode out in time for that i would say if you are listening to this uh maybe go open up a few tabs and uh go find your favorite plugins in the plugin directory or and go uh, find the tabs that are already open yeah and show them some love just <laughs> give them a good review leave a nice uh note to the developers you know that kind of stuff goes a long way and when people are deciding what plugins they install and uh yeah i you know brighten their day a little bit especially if it's something that you use for like every site and you've never reviewed it so yeah there's our there's our psa for the starting the year <laughs> go leave a review on your favorite plugin all right with that out of the way um so i i don't want to um I don't want to dwell uh, too much on last year. We already did um, the last episode that we put out last year was kind of a listening back to uh, clips of, you know, all the episodes, uh, all the interviews that we did. Did we, did we listen to ours as the dev chats? Either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, you know, so go, go check that out. If you want like a, a great kind of overview of the last season and the, you know, the really interesting folks we talked to and what we talked about, generally speaking, um, this time, uh, for the first episode of 2023, I just want to kind of take the time to look at, you know, what, what did we change right in our development process, mostly mm-hmm. dev focused here, right. Throughout the year that, you know, 
we're starting as a baseline. You know, we're starting with as a baseline this year, right? Just to start us off with that, uh, not that this is like um, a report of you know what we accomplished <laughs> sure. necessarily, but uh, there were 24 uh, merged pull requests into our theme scaffold yeah. um, for 2022. So that's average, you know, twice a month. So I think that's that's not too bad. Yeah, maybe. I mean, just to explain the theme scaffold really quick, but that is like the scaffolding, the the the, the thing that we start with to build most of our client sites with um, that Corey has leaded on. And I've made a handful of pull requests over the last year. And mm-hmm. yeah, we were able to get a lot of progress on improving that over this past year. 2022 was a very active year for it. Absolutely. Um, I'm not really going to get into like all the random you know, things that we did change, but uh, we'll put the link in the description like we always do if you're interested in checking it out. But some of like the high level things, I think what, um, what, mm-hmm. what that we that we started doing, I think one of those is, you know, more and more reliance on theme JSON, right? Yeah, yeah. Theme JSON was a heavy hitter uh, for sure. I, I remember building like the first few, like I guess we call them hybrid themes, but you know, block based themes where the center is mostly blocks and the header and footer are, you know, uh, PHP templates. And you're still using PHP templates in most places, but using blocks everywhere else. And you know, there wasn't a theme JSON. You kind of had to hand roll your own styles for a lot of mm-hmm. these core blocks and core functionality, such as your layout and whatnot and um yeah theme json is coming in clutch these these <laughs> days you know you kind of just plop in some um settings you can change them pretty quickly on the fly to kind of adjust your widths and layouts and um you know responsive text and uh, uh spacing and sizing and stuff like that so you can fonts uh, font yeah yeah. Font, yeah upload your fonts um yeah Big, big stuff. Uh, you know, if you would have told me uh, the year before that I'd be writing a lot of styling in a JSON file, <laughs> I would have called you crazy. But, um, you know, now that I've actually published a few uh, full site editing themes also, um, you know, it's I don't even write any CSS on some of those mm-hmm. because you don't have to. You mm-hmm. can go down to the granular element level and, you know, select what element you want to style and using some json get it to the style you want it to be yeah there's there's definitely a lot of choices that you know i made early on with our you know when we kind of created the theme scaffold new um a couple years ago um it was mostly because theme json had become a thing um and i wanted to integrate that into you know how we were doing the hybrid themes and full set editing wasn't even well maybe it was but either way we were still you know um, there was there was a period of time when you couldn't use theme json in a non full site editing theme (laughs) yeah right so so you know what one of those things is that there's kind of like a system built in sas to kind of read parts of theme json but it was in a very limited sense everything had to be in the custom area of the settings of the theme json it doesn't read in general, you know, um, you know, all of it. So it's starting to feel a little bit, uh, strained maybe that system, um, relying on that is, you know, kind of different than how WordPress has evolved to want you to just kind of define things for styles and things like that for, for the blocks. And And there's of course a lot of utilities and stuff in the, the theme styles for, you know, like, buttons and and stuff like that that you know i did in a response to you know the the fact that you can style buttons but still needing needing buttons to do things differently than what wordpress wants or gutenberg wants anyways out of the box with button styles and yeah yeah more work to be done there more yeah yeah i I think it'll only keep evolving this year to come as theme json gets better and um is able to do more capable things we'll probably slowly start backporting our old ways of handling things to the newer ways of doing things um you know something that we've already even done recently where uh 
recently changed the way block patterns work. Uh, there's a pull request, mm-hmm. actually. I think it just needs merged in right yeah. now where, you know, the old way of doing it was registering them with PHP and, um, you know, slapping them inside that function and doing all that good stuff. But uh, that is no longer really the modern way of handling it. Now there's just a folder called patterns and um, you can just uh, throw your um, patterns inside of HTML files inside of there and they load up for you. And that is a much faster way of handling it than trying to yeah, for sure. put it into a PHP one. So, yeah. So I look forward to that change. It's mostly yeah. just a removal, uh, <laughs> a new folder, but there you go. A rethinking. Uh, yeah. um, speaking of rethinking, um, I think that 2022 really was the year of aligning the entirety of the sort of Blackbird approach to designing, to, to building sites that, mm-hmm. it, you know, not just about how we as developers are approaching, okay, how do we code this? How do we build this? But also the, you know, uh, before you get to that part, the design aspect of, of, you know, just how do you most efficiently, let's say, design websites for this you know, this particular editor and the way that it does blocks and and how we handle what's the theme versus what's the content and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's been interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd say like, yeah, this is the first year where I felt like design was taking the core blocks into a much greater consideration than maybe they had in the past, mainly because they didn't exist in the past. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, I saw a lot more designs come my way that felt like you, they were, uh, you know, seeing them through the lens of, of Gutenberg or the block editor and, and laying things out in the way that the block editor likes to see. In the past, we kind of got away with um, having more unconventional uh, layouts and designs because we were, for lack of a better term, hard coding those things mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. template. Um, you know, we were trying to give it, make it flexible in certain ways, but um you know, not merely as flexible as the block. Editor. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, this kind of paradigm shift has only been possible because of collaboration between yeah. developers and designers. And, you know, I want this to not be the case in the industry at large, but I have a feeling that that doesn't happen as often as it probably should. I feel like the kind of the, the norm is for the developers to exist in in one place, uh, you know, over here in this office or at home or whatever, right? And um, a design to to you know all of the needs that the client has and information architecture mm-hmm. and all you know, and then you know wireframing design whatever, it all happens over there, and then it gets passed to a developer to say, yeah. here you go, now now you build it, and by that point, right, it's 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 too late the client has seen it they've approved it sure. you know the developer can't say um actually that part's going to be really hard <laughs> you know yes. yeah uh, it's not impossible but it's going to be real awkward with you know the particular tools that we might be using or whatever the case may yeah. be well while you can build practically anything you can imagine inside of the gutenberg or the block editor or wordpress in general it's you know some kind of sunken cost kind of going on there where uh you know it might be easier to uh you know utilize core blocks in a different way and i feel like we've had a lot of intentional conversations with our designers and um come up with ways to make sure that lots of the content um is you know, doable with blocks, you know, and similar to maybe past conversations I had maybe many, many years ago where you talked about like how a category page lays out and, you know, you know, the template hierarchy and to design for those. And now we're kind of having those conversations again around core blocks. So, so I don't know. I I mean, you know, if if I've got the wrong impression, you know, if your agency is also, you know, doing this, you know, very um, close knit collaboration between developers and designers for, you know, sites for WordPress sites and stuff like that. Let, I'd, I'd love to hear about it. Let us know. Tweet us at uh, in the loop underscore WP. <laughs> yeah, we'd <laughs> love know? to have a behind the scenes look at how another agency, how their workflow works. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think part of what has historically and also, you know, continuing to come in clutch uh, for us, enabling, you know, the, the more, let's say, bespoke uh, design when we, 
do our development in in WordPress is good old advanced <laughs> custom fields, um, but not just you know sure not just the plugin overall, but specifically um, moving to advanced custom fields blocks v2 version two of how they're handling uh yeah blocks. A- acf plugin of the year every year <laughs> forever um yeah so yeah they've of course changed over to their version two of how they handle blocks which is a lot closer coupled to the way blocks are registered in core um so you are no longer kind of while you still can um you're not registering the block um as manually in php and you are you know, defining it by the block JSON, and that kind of at least tethers you to right. the way core handles things, which is an interesting paradigm shift because that gives you a you know just a, it's it's a lot more componentized. If you've not used it yet, how blocks work or how the new ACF blocks, it's you know you're creating a dynamic block where you have a PHP template, a JSON file, a CSS file, and a JS file that kind of all can kind of work together in synergy. Um, to create your block and the really nice thing about that is something that you weren't getting out of the box before was that those files now load conditionally based on whether that block is present on the in your template or not so if you are loading the block that you created on the page it is then loading the css and javascript that Mm -hmm. you created Mm -hmm. for said block versus the older way where you might have like put that js in your theme.js or your style.css where it's kind of globally loading and um yeah so it's quite uh it's a lot more flexible now in that way uh that being said i'm still trying to figure out the best way to play ball with that when it comes to like you know we're using sass uh Mm -hmm. for our css which of course gives you variables and a million other things and out of the box you don't really get those but um but you can but you can (laughs) we just gotta i'm just trying to figure out the best way to handle it yeah i think i think i've got maybe that sorted out but um but i but i but i wanted to just put a put a point on the fact uh what you were talking about in terms of you know these these files that are all related to this one particular functionality all being in the same place i think in the broader you know uh industry that's called co-location right okay yeah so co-locating all of the bits of code that are all working together towards this particular common goal of making this particular block they all exist in a single folder you don't have to go searching for like okay so i need to find you know the template part you know that is you know outputting the php part of this block and then i need to go find the styles of it which is in this sas folder and and then oh here's the javascript i gotta go find it in the javascript folder all that sort of stuff it's a it's a paradigm shift that i have been working towards you know doing in everything um and still trying to still trying to figure that out with wordpress themes in general but the block based right. approach has has helped you know that's just a no-brainer right yeah there. the yeah the way core blocks want you to work is this new paradigm shift and you know it is a still a very complicated um it's kind of a self-policing to do it the other way and kind of has a lot of obstacles in its way to try to accomplish that mm-hmm. um you know it, it'd be great to have like you know a header.php and right next to it was the header.sass and um you know header.js file or something that handles something inside of it or whatever but um the reality is that is a lot more more difficult uh than just kind of structuring your folder yeah, that way not impossible i mean maybe no. maybe 2023 uh 2023 is the year that we figure out co-location yeah. and maybe start themes. making some strides towards it for sure yeah <laughs> but blocks have been helping but um you know to the point of you know sas functionality that we have again like this our sas still lives in a you know a styles folder for the for the majority of the theme um the, the javascript is still in you know a scripts folder etc um however uh with an update actually that came out last year for gulp wp which is the you know uh, companion uh, project i guess you could say to the the scaffolding that we have is is just a kind of standardized way of handling you know a wordpress theme uh, workflow in good old gulp gulp is still around it's still useful <laughs> um and i won't dwell on why we created that you can go check it out if you'd like but um 
But one thing that uh, was included last year was a task specifically meant for uh, blocks, for a workflow for that. So there's a specific folder that you're keeping the blocks in, and that can be customized to you know point to whatever folder you want. But um, and then you know it'll handle uh, things that are very specific to the way that blocks are structured in this co-located sense, right? Um, one of the things that does happen to do is um kind of it actually reads the block json to figure out if you have you know linked a um like a style or a script asset and it will make sure to then pull in that file and process it into you know the css or the javascript so that's kind of a neat feature that's not really in the core you know scripts package it's still using wp scripts underneath to do the actual transforming you know of the files yeah um but also, you know, it, you know, getting back to the SAS thing, right? You can actually import since our since our SAS is also using the, the modern SAS approach of modular um, SAS modules. You can actually in that the SAS files in this separate folder. You can it's a it's a little bit cumbersome, right? Because you got to do a lot of dot dot slash dot dot slash, you know, whatever, and then get into the the source or the um the correct directory for where yeah the styles lives. directory yeah. and then you can import you know any of those tools or whatever that we have in the main styles folder in order to use it in the blocks and the thing that's kind of cool about that is that these the style file is separate from your main theme file so like you said before if the block is loaded on the page that's only when the block styles are loaded right yep. and you know it'll only when you do an import of another sas file or module or whatever um it's not going to pull in the entire theme you know styles it's only going to pull in that module and whatever you have within it and so super useful super handy yep i dig the modular approach the co-location approach all that good stuff it's coming to uh coming to a theme near you <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're still using hybrid thing i don't know i guess i mean you could you could do it in a full side editing theme too i think you know hybrid things are going to be very useful for a long time to come you know i you know a php is still a very powerful programming language for a lot of reasons for so. sure and then we uh come to one of the most <sighs> i think one of the best parts of the what we changed in yeah. in our in our scaffolding last year is i i like this change a lot because we both arrived at it at a very similar time <laughs> mm-hmm. like we were both like working on some kind of project and we're like and we both hit this like wall we're like why are template tags <laughs> functions why are they just kind of <laughs> dumped into this file and if you ever want to edit them you have to go and kind of like you know, escape your code and yeah. do all this craziness to kind of get the layout kind of changing, uh, changed. Um, and why are they not template parts? Uh, exactly. You know, they would perform a lot better as template parts and be a lot more editable. Mm-hmm. As part of this sort of modular approach that's been bleeding into a lot of things that we're doing, right? Um, template tags are out. Template parts are in, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Especially now that you can pass arguments to them. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that, was a huge aspect of it um i I think i might have talked way back maybe two years now at this point how i was you know i had to come up with my own component system in php so that i could essentially do the whole template part thing but pass (laughs) arguments and then you know that change came out for the template part uh, function great don't need to Corey do has a long history of creating solutions that then get solved like a year <laughs> later by core so no maybe that says something about you know what you know i should maybe be spending my time yeah you're you're bleeding edge Corey. you need to get in there and get your hands dirty anyways so yeah this is something that i am not seeing anyone else doing uh and this is something i you know i think that we can be in particular proud of and i and i want to get you know, other folks feedback about this. If you're doing, you know, classic or hybrid themes like we are, um, are you still using template tag functions and why? Yeah. Because yeah, I, I mean, I know are you why. returning, right? Sure. It, it seems like this like relic because, you know, you, you download underscores, exactly. you download the default theme, you look at how they're built, blah, 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 blah. And you import it, those concepts into your theme. Um, but it feels so weird to like be importing your byline for your blog from a function um, right. when that could just simply be a template part, like, you know, 
template. So, and and let me let me let me back up and just explain why, because because maybe us just saying like, oh, it's better, sure. um, isn't isn't really you know helping our case here. It. So let me make the case, right? So with with this idea of template tags, I I, I understand it, right? Core WordPress has this concept of template tags because that's that's like where it started, right? Like call this function, it understands the context that it's in if it's in the loop, right? And it'll know to grab the the you know the title <laughs> right and it'll output the title it'll 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 throw in some you know tags or whatever and you can customize that right with function you know arguments which we all know is a little awkward right so keep that in mind um and then of course underscores which a lot of us you know kind of started with that and have spun off our own things based on you know what we prefer right and that's kind of at least where I started with a, a different theme that this, you know, WP scaffold theme scaffold that, that we have is not directly, you know, from underscores, but all of these like starter themes. Kind yeah. Of spiritual successor. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that they, they have had for a long time, you know, the um, author byline stuff, like you suggested. And I don't know what, what else is in there. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff and it, it's kind of, you know, gives you a pattern for like, here's how you do these little bits of your yep. template code is by calling a function and like echoing um, <laughs> PHP bits, you know, or HTML, sorry. And fine, I guess, right? Like that's, it's a simple way of doing it, but we've all had to have, I mean, other people have had to have run into this issue where like, okay, now I need to, you know, I need to show the author differently. <laughs> Yeah, I need template. to show the gravatar next to right. their name. I need to add a, um, you know, I need to change the way categories are outputting mm -hmm, in some mm -hmm. way or something like that. And then you go and you look at this like template tags file and then you go and find which function it is and then you start hacking on it. Mm -hmm. And of course it's doing inline HTML with like then a PHP and it's like, uh, you know, you're, you're escaping and like unescaping all the time to try to like get that, like all kind of gelling correctly. It's a bad um, system. Yeah, it's really doesn't feel good it's to be working in there. And it should feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Versus like a template tag or a template part, which is like, you know, inherently wants to be layout. Like, you know, it wants you to be putting your HTML, which is like your layout, and then you're you're putting your PHP inside of there to like output the return. And even more so, you could like you know, now that you could pass arguments into it, you can then pass it, you know, a post ID or something like that. And then that can then populate the the content inside of the template part. Right. And, you know, so template parts are contextually aware, right? You can use all of the WordPress core um, template tags and all that sort of stuff within them, right? So you, you have that going for you. Arguments, like you said, to kind of change change whatever you're outputting within there um but also you have the system that's already in place for template uh, template parts for the actual uh, file naming conventions where you know you can you know put in some dashes and the uh, and and you know so we can have let's say something that we do a lot right is having an excerpt template part right the way that we do by the way like kind of side note and i don't want to get too off topic here but the way that we do template parts just in general is a lot different than you know how underscores does it and how i you know what i see in a mm -hmm. lot of other starter themes as well i normally see content.php and content dash excerpt right and content dash page yep but that's not how that's not how we handle it um, at all generally what we're doing is there's uh we're not just doing a, a content um generally we're doing it based on you know what uh, the concept of kind of like a component right so it's like componentized yeah yeah so we've got an excerpt right um that's that, that's when we use a lot right and you know loops and archives etc right so we've got that and we can then you know if we have a special custom post type for that's you know for that site then we can have you know excerpt dash person <laughs> for yeah, sure team member whatever like that right so service so, or resource yeah yeah and we can already you know just based on the post type change how you know have completely different you know um completely different 
files for for those outputs because they're really we don't want to be doing that like oh if it's if it's a you know person custom post type then output this html and if it's not right. then output this like all in one file because that's that's a lot that's a lot of mess right you can just you can just quickly you know grok that idea based on the file name like okay here's the core one and then here's the one that's for this particular you know use etc so um so getting back to template tags we've we've taken this concept of componentized template parts to the extreme essentially um you know your author template tag is no longer instead there's an author template part and if you need to display the author differently in in different places then you can really easily make a um what's what's the word i'm looking for it's a variation i guess sure i don't know yep. um i don't know what the what the word that they use for you know in the in the get template part function mm -hmm, yeah. right you have your slug and then you've got something else which is that variation aspect yeah i don't um, know what that's called either and 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 you know that that system is very durable and it's and it's and it's been that way for a long time if you give it you know this variation name and that variation name doesn't actually exist as a file it will fall back fall back to the default to yeah. your default one it's a it's a it's a beautiful system and it works really well for yeah. us right um and it also means and, and and this isn't really something we do um so it's again it's something i don't want to dwell on but but child theming a lot of times in your sort of template tags you know function file uh you might see a lot of that you know if function if the function doesn't exist and then define the function for how it outputs you know markup for an author or a date or whatever um you don't you don't have to you don't have to do that no nonsense. you can just overwrite it like you would any if you template file right if you have a child theme if you've got the template file in the same um yeah, the template part in the same you know folder structure your child theme will use that template part instead of the one in the parent theme yeah you don't have to deal with all this oh if if the function exists kind of nonsense right it's right. it's it's better in every way <laughs> yeah like i mean even just like to take that not that we make child themes but take that example and go a little bit further uh, you know imagine trying to figure out like you okay what's the function's name i need to overwrite it now so mm -hmm. now i need to like write it in my own template file that has the same structure and you know yeah it's just kind of becomes a, a, a hairball pretty quickly absolutely and part of part of the system last thing i'll say about this part of our template part system is like like i said this modular componentized system now the the files aren't co-located co but we have this um concept when creating template parts that the name of the template part defines the class name and so whatever that is and whatever the you know and and we have we have them kind of grouped in different ways right we have a temple parts folder and then we have you know a folder in that for content and those would be anything that output you know post and page content like the excerpt and, and all that sort of stuff right um, we've got a folder for site which are template parts that are for you know header and footer stuff um uh, we've got a temp or we've got a folder for like um gosh i forget what we call it now because i wanted to change the name like the loop i think oh sure yeah we called it like the entry but like is usually what it's called but we want to call it feed or loop or yeah i've got so yeah. the folder i initially named it loop and it's meant to be it's meant to be the actual loop itself it's meant to be the the like archive um markup in, index it's, it's, archive, yeah, it's meant yeah. to actually contain a loop within itself which is why i called the folder loop and then later i realized like maybe i should have gen, you know genericized that to feed templates but the, whatever you get the point yeah, it is what it is yeah um but yeah we have so we have a concept of whatever that folder structure and the template parts core file name is that's what the class name is so if it's something in that site folder like it's a header dot php in in template parts site header php then the class name for that is dot site dash header and 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 all of your styles are based on that and if you have variations 
right? Then the class name becomes in the BEM syntax style. I know that I know that BEM is getting a little old and there's some kind of updated ideas about how to do class naming like cube CSS and that kind of thing, but the kind of the basics of that system still work really well for us. So you've got site dash header and then you might have um dash dash landing or whatever maybe for like a landing page and the headers simplified or something i don't know sure. whatever yeah um and that's how you handle the you know sas you know css class names etc and you know and and anything within that you know uses the bem syntax of the module aspect so anything inside of that that you need to style is site dash header underscore underscore whatever you know whatever sub part of that is and you, you keep everything at that level boom and it's beautiful and if you start feeling like oh i need to like nest something really weird here and the class name becomes you know site header underscore underscore container underscore underscore you know title <laughs> yeah. whatever Gets then a little too far you away. start to realize like oh actually i'm starting to the class name is starting to get complicated because that thing this this part over here is actually a component unto itself yes. and then suddenly that's like okay well that's that can become its own template part you get it. We get it, obviously, because we're using it. But <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just really excited about that and about, you know, how it just enables us to like really quickly and efficiently create these um things that are, I think, very maintainable in that sense as well. Um we can do better, hopefully this year, we will do better with figuring out if it's possible to co-locate styles and, and, you know, template parts and stuff, or if there's other ways to better, you know, make that workflow a little bit better. So it makes them feel a little bit more connected, but that's, that's what we're starting. <laughs> we're starting 2023 in terms of development. There's one more thing, which is that uh, Blackbird is officially, officially remote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've really cemented our remote policy. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of last year, we um, got rid of our physical office. We've got a mailbox or something somewhere, but um, we're officially, officially completely remote. We were remote for all of 2022, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, still had the office and finally let go of that at the end of the year. So not to, it doesn't feel like anything's really changed, but I think that that's really a sign of the times. <laughs> Definitely. Do I kind of kind of miss the office? Maybe, yeah, a little. No, but no. <laughs> I. To be fair, I wasn't there for very long, so I had gotten hired during the the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I think we I had come in for a few weeks, maybe months, um, before between like summer and fall of um, I can't even remember what year it was anymore. But yeah, right? like yeah. essentially, we met up. I got trained on how we do things a little bit. Got met, met everybody. Did that for a little while, but then I think. You know, as the the numbers started rising, uh, we all made the decision to start working from home yeah. uh, full time, one hundred percent again, and uh, we never looked back. And now we never can. So. <laughs> <laughs> we burned it down. No, we didn't burn it down. Yeah, no, it's we did there. not burn it down. But it is no longer ours. And um, yeah, we have. You know, we are now a full remote em employees, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still the case that all of the employees are local. But you know, it'd be interesting to see if that changes. Okay, so enough of that. It's time. No to, more looking back. Yeah. Let's look forward, Corey. There we go. <laughs> it's time to look at what what is in store for us for 2023. Not just 2023 people. Not just us. You know, specifically Blackbird, because that was a lot of like, here's our here's our life update. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now I think we should kind of take a moment to dream about a, a better better future uh what lies ahead <laughs> sure do you got you got any of those for me <laughs> i don't know i think nothing comes out to mind i would say like december and january were a very quiet year for wordpress news um which makes sense you know it's the holidays mm -hmm. and you know start of a new year I, I nothing was like really at my forefront i definitely wasn't taking on too many personal projects uh, but something that did kind of jump out and just something that i used recently was um the create block theme plugin it was highlighted for a moment in the state of the word mm -hmm. um that just happened and um yeah it's a very interesting plugin i have not used it extensively and i but i have created a handful of full site editing themes um, for other reasons. And I think this is a great way to kind of get started. Like you install this plugin, 
you click a button to say, you know, create me a new theme. You give it like a title and a slug and all that kind of stuff, you know, theme author and all that kind of, all those kind of goodies. It spins you up a, a theme you can kind of, a blank theme that you can start working on and you can start adding your own templates and stuff like that. I have not getting, gotten too crazy to it, but what I did use it for recently was that I was starting a hybrid theme outside of this plugin and I needed to, I wanted to use the new fonts API. So I installed this plugin onto a fresh WordPress install. I created a, you know, a blank theme really quickly. I use their tool. They have a, a font manager inside of this plugin. Um, and there's just a big drop down where you can add uh, system fonts or you can select Google fonts. Mm. I selected what Google fonts I wanted mm -hmm. and what boldnesses I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, hit export and then it gave me the, the full site editor, the whole full site theme files that I wanted. I then extracted the assets folder and parts of the theme JSON that it exported and put those into my hybrid theme. Um, so instead of me having to hunt and peck through the documentation of how the new fonts API worked, I was able to just kind of like use this plugin as kind of a stopgap to mm -hmm. help me get figure out how the new um, fonts API worked. And it was awesome. I didn't have to go to Google Google fonts and download those fonts it just mm -hmm. did all that for me and um it was fantastic and i'm glad i'm now using the new fonts api wait a minute are you are you telling me that you're cheating on our theme scaffold oh i cheat <laughs> in so many ways Corey. you have no idea if there if i can figure out a way to not code something i will do it so i mean that this you know how i am with my cpts i use generate uh you know generate press mm -hmm. or whatever it is wp generate to create all my my custom post types because yeah if I, I if i don't have to hand roll a giant function mm -hmm. i'm not gonna mm -hmm. so um yeah if you could find little shortcuts especially when you're the agency world mm, for sure take them um unless you're using some kind of page builder then maybe rethink your decisions <laughs> Uh, but back to the back to the fonts thing for just a moment yes yeah. <laughs> um yeah it was, it was a, that was a really interesting kind of moment and paradigm shift in just not just like wordpress but the, the web internet. in general yeah and totally. not, i don't know if we really talked about it last year but there, so. there was a, there's a moment there when we kind of all collectively realized it seemed like or somebody told us i'm sure <laughs> that using fonts directly from google fonts just putting their you know their url in there and yeah. and you know externally loading those fonts. We're calling their CDN for their fonts. Right. Yeah. Um, like the old older way of handling. Isn't isn't actually as good as we thought from, you know, like a performance perspective. That was CDNs in general are like on the brink of extinction it feels like yeah, kind of <laughs> well i would say that is accounts for a handful of things you know i think browsers have gotten smarter at caching mm -hmm. like and stuff like that mm -hmm. i think br browsers have just gotten smarter in general and yeah it's an interesting again we're talking about a lot of paradigm shifts in general but yeah what an interesting paradigm shift to like you know it used to be always offload your images to a cdn and offload your fonts to a cdn and now we're like no 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 uh you want those to be localized and you want them coming from the same url and well um, i mean that, it's not it's it's not necessarily that you shouldn't, you know, put your images, your images on a CDN or, or, or utilize a CDN sure. in, in, in that regard. Right. So like stuff coming from closer, you know, servers to the actual like end user is still a thing. And that's not, that's definitely not what I meant by the, the brink of, you know, extension mm -hmm. for CDNs. What I specifically mean is this idea that, you know, um, it's very popular back in the day with jQuery, right? Uh, I need to include jQuery on my site. Um, the the quote-unquote best way to do that was to include a CDN URL to, to get that file, the jQuery file. Um, but we've found out um, that, and, and, we, and we did that, right, because the thinking there was that, um, if the user had already been on another site sure. that used that same URL, the same version of, you know, jQuery, that they'd already have it cached. And so when they came to your site, since you were using the same URL as everyone else, because no one would be using your URL. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't have, if you were serving it up yourself, 
Yeah, they'd be using the jQuery CDN. Yeah. Right. But that's not the case. And I'm not sure if, honestly, not sure if like that is just a change that happened in browsers due to security reasons and cross site scripting kind of stuff, or if it's been a thing for longer than we all realize. But either way, um, if they come to your site and they see this, you know, the browser sees the same URL, it's not going to serve up this the file from the cache from another website that's a huge security risk right there and i'm not sure how we didn't all kind of realize that for so many years you know but downloading the google font to to your you know um the the, the reason that i started this conversation is because it seemed awkward at first when when the fonts uh, api for theme json was initially released that like oh well it can't serve can't serve google fonts from from google fonts you have to download the font and it has to be served locally um for the theme json stuff to work and at, at first that seemed awkward but then you learn about all these things and not not only is it you know not going to cache it across sites but also there's just privacy issues with just loading a font from google mm-hmm. <laughs> um that like i think Europe and stuff decided like, well, this is not, this isn't, you, you don't, you don't get all that data just because people want to use a font or what, I don't know, whatever. Um, download, download your fonts. <laughs> Put them in your download theme. your fonts. And if you can find a shortcut to get them faster, I, I'd recommend doing yeah, that. So. For sure. Um, I, you know, I was trying to think about what I was kind of looking forward to trying to do this year. Um, that I hadn't quite done before. I'm always trying to do something new with each project just to kind of get familiar with something else and have it in my, my tool belt. And and one of the things that I've thought about even last year, maybe even the year before, but never got around to trying was using the, um, you know, using Gutenberg, using the block API and all that sort of stuff for things outside of editing posts and stuff like that. So, um, you know, using Gutenberg, using the, you know, the WordPress components package to, um, to, to have access to all of those, you know, field input fields and all those sort of, you know, UI components that have started to become, you know, the thing that I think we've all been waiting for <laughs> in terms of like backend admin kind of needing to have settings pages and stuff like that right um i you know i want to try to use the the block api the the wordpress components to create settings pages and kind of use that paradigm of 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 just how that kind of the javascripty nature of it works to uh do that sort of stuff i just need to find the right project that needs a custom settings page Um, yeah it's been a moment since i've needed a custom settings page but i have a feeling maybe a a block pro a a plugin project would probably be like right where that might come in yeah for sure um and you know of course like anytime we have needed a custom settings page acf is (laughs) it's so easy just to throw an acf page (laughs) together of course Uh um but yeah i agree with you i think you know the more i look at like uh some of you know you look at the right sidebar of a block or when you're in the full site editing system and you look at the 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 global styles you see all these great um components for you know radio buttons Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. select menus and all these crazy things that they're creating um for um the editor uh it would be great to utilize those outside of um a block right right yeah. And and they can be used. Um just haven't yeah. Just haven't, yep, just uh, haven't had a chance to really mess with it yet. yet. But speaking speaking of all that kind of stuff and the, you know, I you know, you can kind of consider that these these JavaScript libraries for components and stuff like that as a sort of new design system for uh WordPress, specifically for WordPress, you know, the WordPress admin experience. Um, and we're actually seeing some growing pains, I guess, with that idea. It, it's it's funny to me because, um, you know, without without ACF to just do a quick, you know, here's settings pages, here's fields, done, right? Um, you know, without that, the, the, I think most of us have probably struggled with the fact that if you do need a custom settings page, you have to kind of, you know, it, if you 
if you don't want to do everything from scratch, you have to start digging into like WordPress core code to figure out how they're doing other admin pages. You know, what, what, what class are they using to make this input field, this particular length (laughs) and the style? How are they doing the, you know, the little descriptions next to the thing? How do they, how do they do the layout where the labels on the left and the inputs on the right? And you just have to like, yeah, you're kind of just inspecting their code mm-hmm. and then kind of copying and adapting to your code. It's less documented, documented, and there's not a real straightforward API. And you find in some of the older panels, it kind of does seem like this was just built at the time, and it wasn't really thought to be like a um, a componentized system. It was just like, mm-hmm. hey, we just need a way for you to select what um, <laughs> a certain setting in the settings page, and this, you know, it's been living in the core for. A decade now, yeah, probably. Right. Collecting cobwebs, I, I have so. I have struggled this with this myself with like custom plugins for, you know, custom functionality for you know big projects that, you know, I couldn't necessarily rely on ACF. It wasn't it wasn't theme based. It was you know plugin based, and I don't like relying on ACF stuff in a in a plugin. So yeah, of course, yeah, um, yeah, it's just a pain in the butt to like know how to just structure a admin page so that it just it's just just looks right. but also the 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 design of the admin and the default admin settings pages are showing their age in the gutenberg times that we're in right yeah um there was a recent uh update and a, a tweet um about the yoast seo plugin um and some and a lot of different takes i guess i'll say on on the subject so yeah, if you're not aware uh, and i'll i'll drop a link to the tweet but the um the yoast plugin has they've developed their own design system for lack of a better word i guess um for their settings pages it's it's a very strange it's a very strange um tweet thread if you look if you go look at it and kind of look at the discussion that's that's happened under it, it's kind of it's a little bit surreal um mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna like read through it right now but i don't know my my reaction is is very mixed because wordpress does have these input components you know available but in some cases it seems like yoast is i i I haven't I haven't dug in deeply because I'm honestly I'm not interested in using their design system for anything. So there's that. Yeah. Um but it's interesting to to look at, you know, what these plugins are doing and, they, and and at least they're doing it out of the open. So like you can go and see and you can even use their their components. But I'll warn you for anybody who's that doesn't like the, the T word, it's um it's all it's all tailwind based. So keep that in mind. Um if you're not using tailwind well, let's just say I have a problem with plugins including Tailwind CSS because sure. I have had that really mess up the back end of WordPress for things that are outside of that plugin's purview. So I, I don't just have a problem with Tailwind in general. I have a very specific problem with plugins um, including. I don't know if that's the case with Yoast's plugin. I don't know if there's that style bleed. So, but <laughs> anyways... Um, enough with the enough with the tailwind um yeah so so you know they've got their own components that aren't in the wordpress core component library they they might be using components from it and then just kind of like tweaking the styles or injecting or i don't know um it's just it's a it's it's weird to me because wordpress has come up with a design system it's very obvious like the gutenberg approach it it it's not just it's not haphazard right it's 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 very purposefully designed we might not agree with all the decisions right but mm-hmm. it's like you can go you know you can go look at the figma files you know they're all there the whole just the the way that things are done the toolbars and the etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say about that it's it's a strange moment yeah it's strange i will refrain from having too many <laughs> strong opinions cuz i definitely do um I don't know. I feel like we're 
not that far away from a complete dashboard overhaul in core um in core you know there have been some not like very light proposals Mm -hmm. in the past year of what that could look like and um i for one support those efforts i know it's a big shift and a lot of plugins are going to break um you know by default because you know they're using php to kind of manipulate um, the way the dashboard works currently, but mm, right, I think right. in order for us to move forward, we're going to have to make some of those decisions. Um, Appify the back end. Yeah, Appify the back end <laughs> for sure. Um, I also just while we're on the topic of SEO plugins, I think there should be more default SEO options inside of Core. Like you know, SEO has been a thing for of mm-hmm. the internet mm-hmm. for the longest time and it's this weird situation where we need to install some weird third-party plugin right there's a certain baseline that like you just need on every yes. site now that totally. could could be you know standardized in core with these yep. other seo plugins adding to that but yeah i just don't think we need some plugin that installs a bunch of like <laughs> traffic lights everywhere <laughs> on your website just looking like gaudy and awful yeah. and have to take giving you tons of just notifications and i also just don't think the admin area was the area of the app that looked like crap for you <laughs> so yeah i don't know i think they could have put those design efforts somewhere else yeah i i i mean i i get it though like pl- plugins are gonna they're going to have their own, well, some of them are going to have their own brand. Um, something like Yoast is not, n- no longer, anyways, WordPress specific. Um, and they've had their own brand for a long time, of course. Yep, it, they, of they're course. focused on SEO. So, of course, that's going to be a focus of the actual plugin itself, whatever, uh, the business yeah. itself. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, this isn't, this also isn't new. It's just, the whole like having a different experience in the back end than than the wordpress user might expect Mm -hmm. right that we've we've seen that happen a long time um but this is this feels like the first big one that is doing it when there's a very obvious precedent being set for Mm. yeah what it could look like i'm not saying that the gutenberg design specifically gives you right answers for like you know a settings page i mean it's, it's like it seems like a fork in the road where like we're at this point now where yes core is starting to give you the options hey here's how we would prefer you to create settings pages and mm-hmm. um you know what fields you'd like to use and and b even we'd like for your help on building those because yeah like you know we're a volunteer basis right, right. type of thing um and yeah and yoast has decided you know, they definitely drew a line in the sand. It's like, nope, we're doing it our way. Yeah. And and you know, only, it, by the way, for the like the settings page and like one other page. All the rest of all the rest of the settings pages in Yoast right now, at least, sure. are the you know the old gray background with. I mean, Yoast had still had already been like inserting these like kind of white boxes with like purple accents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, just just a particular page they've kind of completely revamped. My suggestion would be just to use the SEO framework and move on with our lives. So yeah, it's a good plugin. Um, we have we were talking about this a bit before. We um, we've seen we've seen these plugin admin experience overhauls with JavaScript. Um, of course, yeah. With like, for instance, the Ninja Forms uh, 3.0. Yeah, we were big fans of Ninja Forms for a long time there, Um, you know, and when Ninja Forms 3.0 came out, you know, the way that you built your forms was this very drag and drop. It it looks a lot like how blocks work now where you have this panel and you, you know, you click what one you want and and then you can drag and drop it around. If you have certain extensions installed, you can put them in columns and all this kind of crazy stuff. But this was long before, uh, you know, Core had blocks or anything like that and you know 2016 when 3.0 came out so yeah ninja forms had to come up with their own way of handling you know a block based design system for their um form builder and it was kind of revolutionary for the time in my opinion Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. i I was i had used gravity forms for years before this i don't know where they're what they're doing now so i can't comment Mm -hmm. on how where it's gone and maybe it has you know maybe it does have one of those builders now but at the time it did not have like as robust of a form builder as ninja forms and it felt huge it kind of felt like oh wow this is the direction 
uh, WordPress could go, and it is. But um, but yeah, that was like a- again appifying the back end right. of WordPress in a lot of ways. And and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna add a you know a link a legacy <laughs> link back <laughs> to a WP Tavern post about when um, Ninja Forms 3.0 was released, but. You know, it, it kind of it's it's interesting the detail in there. They you know talk about the technologies that they use to build it and all that sort of stuff, and it's mm-hmm. very much based on like what WordPress um, was providing in core the the um, the backbone library and um, underscore the not the theme def, you know theme sc- scaffold, but the the JavaScript library you know that kind of stuff, right? But backbone in particular. Um, and it's it's just interesting to see how I mean that API is still in WordPress. You can still use Backbone for stuff. I mean, thankfully for the Ninja Force plugin, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, but you know that you know we've completely moved um, into the React world with with Gutenberg. Um, not that it's you know they're, they're not they they do different things, right? React is is very UI heavy, kind of. You can actually use Backbone for this sort of you know api based stuff i don't know it it's i i haven't seen a lot of it in core anyways where with where where they're actually using backbone in gutenberg i maybe they are i don't know but i'm not aware yeah but yeah definitely they were on the bleeding edge they were ahead of their time and now now they're kind of stuck with the consequences of being ahead of the times mm-hmm. <laughs> i yeah. don't know I, I i i am curious if if there's any, you know, potential yeah, plans for them to I, kind of, I, I don't want to speak at a place. I don't know them as people or developers or anything like that. I'd be curious to have one of them on and see if what mm-hmm. the plans, if there are any plans on modernizing Ninja Forms. Yeah. <laughs> Gutenberg and um, the Ninja Formant. Um, but yeah, I would like to see that. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious to, to hear what the, I think we're having a lot of growing pains with a lot of plugins right now of like, you know, what does a block version of a lot of plugins look right. like? Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think we'll, we're going to have some interesting conversations about that with some guests. I'm not going to give anything away today, but I think, um, yeah, I think those would be some interesting conversations for sure. Um, I only have one other kind of um, item that I wanted to bring up. Um, it's been the elephant in the room for months now. <laughs> um, uh, kind of, uh, kind of, a undercurrent to the tail end of our season last year, which is the whole Twitter thing. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm still, I'm still looking at Twitter. I'm still making connections with WordPress people there and talking to them. But I am also, you know, on Mastodon. Um, I've seen a lot of WordPress folks over on Mastodon. Heck, there's a, you know, there's a WordPress-focused Mastodon instance uh, as well that a lot of people are on. They've got, like, lists of, like, here's WordPress people on Mastodon (laughs) that you can (laughs) um, go check out. I think it was WP Builds um, has Mastodon instance um but you know there's like there's a great there's a diaspora happening um in i mean not just wordpress folks but just that particular flavor of social media is no longer monopolized or doesn't feel like it um, monopolized by twitter and i'm just kind of wondering in general for our listeners if it makes sense to make an in the loop mastodon account and the reason i ask this and and, you know the reason i haven't just done it right is because i i almost feel like there's an unwritten um you know unspoken kind of thing where you know mastodon is just is not for brands Mm. (laughs) now how i mean i have seen like you know, I've seen like Raspberry Pi on Mastodon, right? But that's, that's, you know, that's a specific, that makes sense. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. Who doesn't want a a company that takes military contracts? (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like, you know, I, um, I dropped into a a live podcast the other day, um, a WordPress podcast, because one of the hosts 
had posted the link on Mastodon. It wasn't it wasn't the the podcast you know account. It wasn't a podcast account or brand account like posting those links. It was just a person that I followed because they're in WordPress and I have a podcast, um, and that's how I got to it. So I'm just kind of putting it out there. If anybody has feelings one way or another i'll i'll certainly be asking this on yeah. twitter with our brand account <laughs> in the where loop, else yeah. WP. where else would you like to see in the loop where would you get your information about in the loop uh where what feeds would you like to see us in? right because yeah yeah for me for me there there there's there was a very obvious like core kind of wordpress community on twitter that i didn't really see on other social media sites or maybe not in the same way right so right now that that's been kind of up in the air for a long time and a lot of us don't agree with certain things <laughs> about the whole situation um just i'm um, just um, looking for options and opinions so if you have one please feel free to let us know on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, one last, one last item for, for this, for this year and looking forward, I'm, I'm making a concerted effort this year. So we, we do have a new um, redesigned site. Uh, The blackbird.digital site is, you know, new. I mean, it's, it, it has the same things on it essentially for, you know, where the podcast is concerned. Um, And one of my goals for last year that did not come to fruition was actually having transcripts of each episode on the site. I wish I was coming to you today and telling you that there are transcripts now go, go look at them. However, I am, I'm making that a priority this year if 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 we don't have the backlog of of transcripts for past um, episodes, I'm I'm going to make it a, a goal to launch this episode with simultaneously with a transcript. So um, hold me to that. This this episode better have a transcript on the site when you are listening to it right now. Yeah new year's resolution i guess <laughs> <laughs> either you heard the entire message and it's definitely on the site or we had our editor whip up two versions of this podcast and we're just going right into the outro yep, right now well, yeah. uh, there we go so that's it that's it i think this feels like an awkward ending <laughs> it does uh, you know it, I, I think the you know we're shaking off the dust from yeah. all of the holidays. So yeah, <laughs> onwards and upwards into 2023. Hopefully, we'll have some amazing guests that we can announce really soon. Absolutely, and, um, and we'll um, continue the WordPress conversation right here on In the Loop. You're <laughs> gonna do our. You're gonna do the. You're gonna do the voice now. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I can't do the voice. <laughs> all right, fair enough. See you, folks, uh, next time. That's all for this episode. Join us next time for our first interview of 2023. Check the episode description for links to things we mentioned in the show. And don't forget to send your questions, thoughts, and fan mail to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on the web at blackbird.digital slash podcast and on Twitter as in the loop underscore WP. If you're interested in having a WordPress website custom built or you want to join a team that does that, head over to our site at blackbird.digital and drop us a line. Thanks for listening to In The Loop. See you next time.